there was a product that could help you control cravings, burn more fat, boost your metabolism, promote healthy blood glucose levels, lower inflammation, optimize insulin sensitivity, support healthy blood lipid levels, and support healthy blood pressure. Introducing Bellatrim. Bellatrim may be the most comprehensive body transformation product in the world. Weight management is more than calories in and calories out. It's about controlling appetite, having a healthier gut, supporting insulin function, stimulating fat-burning metabolism, and promoting healthy blood lipids and blood pressure. A proprietary blend backed by six clinical studies. Control cravings. Burn more fat. Bellatrim, powered by nature. Backed by science. You walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the Pete Santilli Show. Um, welcome to the Pete Santilli Show, ladies and gentlemen. At this 9 o'clock hour on Thursday, February 15th. And, you know, uh, this morning, you know, we, we were laughing just because when uh, tactical issues hit. Um, we kind of like it. We're steak and potatoes. We're just a, a bunch of... 
Yeah, there you go. You're going to walk away. Seriously, she's going to have the remote in her hand. <laughs> All right. Ready to go for it. Yeah. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sean. Um, so anyways, um, uh, we kind of laugh about it because uh, we end up, you know, when we end up with uh, technical issues, it's kind of cool. We're like a scrappy bunch just off in the corner. We're not CNN. We don't sit there and bring you 24 hours of, oh, my God, Trump's going to court news. Do we? Uh, and I'll tell you what, Craig is literally, uh, right now I'm watching him. He's in the background watching somebody else's show. <laughs> That's good. What show is he watching? Well, he's probably looking at the, uh, no, at he's watching another stuff. financial news show on rumble. Well, I'm sure he is. Yeah. But he's got to uh, keep up with what's happening out uh, there. So. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we're okay. Thank you very much for, um, hold on a second. Uh, Eastern. There you go. All right. Fantastic. Um, so here we are. We're settled in. Uh, we had a, uh, some technical issues. That's okay. Uh, now, there he goes. There he goes. Now he's fixing something. All right. He's still working. He's still on the clock, dude. <laughs> Link See? to Jeremy show. He's still on the clock. There he goes. Um, all right. Yeah. So, so listen, uh, today's top news headline. Why am I sitting all the way down here, by the way? Should I get my remote out? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, you look great. You look nice so, and centered. So like this, this morning, I do. This mm -hmm. this morning, um, I, I mean, they're going to stop it at nothing. It's just we got an election variant coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine all we got active shooters. We got nuke bombs about to be dropped out of space uh, by Russia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, one thing after the next after the next they're now putting out on cnn that that russia has nukes that are in space right mm -hmm. I, i'd love to hear from vladimir putin on this one <laughs> would you love to hear vladimir putin say well, that's kind of stupid know, like, but maga forever said you need the desantis lift i i'm sorry i thought that was funny but it yeah i mean we haven't heard from i mean there's going to be all kinds of propaganda they have to keep Putin in the news as the boogeyman. They got to do it. And we're going to be listening to it. Is he capable of doing such things? I'm sure. I'm sure they all are. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Everybody is kind of looking at it as propaganda. But I got to tell you, um, you know, all of this talk is kind of concerning, really, because we know that they're really, that they are capable of of red flags, right? <laughs> I, I mean, red flags, false flags, yeah. and uh, and doing things and blaming it on Russia. So and, and everything is due to climate change. Everything. Did you know that? Yeah, everything is. I was reading something interesting this morning. What's that DeSantis lift, by the way? Is that a, is that a, like a Peter bumper? What is that? No, that's his shoes. He oh, wears lifts oh, in his shoes. Oh yeah, that's right. Those little higher, co cowboy to make boots. Taller. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing ever, huh? Yeah. Should I do this? It's not uncommon. He's got this weird thing that he does with his tongue. Oh, um, it is so weird. He's just a creepy his, kind of fella. His wife is kind of gooberish too, isn't she? Yeah, a little bit. Is she creepyish? She's just like like a like. She's a, like a Stepford wife. She's like I a know you're getting ready to soccer say it. soccer mom cartoon. <laughs> isn't she? 
She's very pretty, though. She's very pretty. She used to uh, work for CNN. Did you know that? No. Yeah, she I did. I did not know that. She no. did. Um, all right, listen, this is what I want to do this morning. Uh, we have a, a great interview uh, with Mark Morano. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. did you listen to the I listened to you guys uh, when you were doing it last night, and it is an amazing uh, interview with lots of information. So you guys want to stay tuned for that. I do want to tell you there is a breaking news story. Um, and Miranda Devine, which is not like one of my favorite uh -oh. people anymore. No, she does good reporting, though. But she does good reporting um, sometimes. Uh, but she has an article out about Hunter Biden's laptop. And and she's, you know, they filed, Hunter Biden filed another brief, Pete, that where he is claiming that, you know, they have claimed that it may not be his laptop top the original laptop and that uh, it was manipulated in some in, in, in ways it was manipulated what, right? does that, what does that sound like to you and all kinds of stuff that they're going after and she kind of uh, she kind of poo poos it off like oh any excuse they're making excuses but they, they are going to have a legitimate claim about the chain of custody issue in this case, it's going it will be legitimate and they're getting ready to find out because when they start subpoenaing people and they start bringing what they have into the courtroom, you know, it, it's, it, it, it it's going to be legitimate. It'll be a legitimate claim. Remember in the Bundy trials, uh, there was chain of custody issues all over the place. Who had who had this uh, who had these recordings? Where did they come from? Who did them? How did how did the FBI get their hands on them? Right. And so. The you know, the problem that the Bundy case had was that all of their stuff came from informants. Right. So they fought that off for a long time to keep the chain of custody, not an issue, mm. uh, right? We know about some of the stuff that was happening but, behind the scenes on chain of, chain of custody, by the way. Yeah. Right? So, and I think a lot of that stuff has been out there because people have been infighting, right? And people have been, they choose to take all of their stuff to the internet and talk all kinds of uh, stuff. And, you know, it is, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to use a lot of that stuff that's been put out there mm. on this chain of custody issue. Who had it? Who manipulated it? Who who talked about and manipulating it? Did mm. they? Uh, does does Hunter Biden's team have uh, yeah. evidence that it was altered? And I'm going to say there's a good chance that it was. And if they find one instance of manipulation or altercation then they'll throw the whole thing out. Yes, I I, I agree. And mm -hmm. we know that there was somebody that was in there diddling it. Or talked about it. Yeah, for sure. certainly. Yeah, we're, we're about to find Well, and it was also coming in as a witness, mm -hmm. miraculously. Uh, yesterday in the afternoon, be we, had, uh, we had breaking news, okay, mm -hmm. uh, with the shooter in Kansas City. 
there's some anomalies that we want to share with you, okay? Uh, and I'm going to play this just as it, um, as it came out, um, you know, live, actually real time, as it was happening, as information started to come to us. And I want you to pay particular attention because I'll slow stuff down, all right, on the videos. Do you mind if I mm -hmm. play this? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play it, ladies and gentlemen, and you're going to see some anomalies. Uh, do they mean anything? No, but that's what I look for. Um, pe people, I remember back in the day, we used to have our viewers were, um, our viewers were really actively involved in like catching stuff and downloading and uh -huh. relaying information. Uh -huh. Um, they've changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, people are m in much more of a feeding consumer mode. Uh, like, oh, that's wild. You know, and they're just, blah, blah, blah. Where we had activists online that were catching stuff. You know, like we, we, we the Boston Marathon bombers. Mm -hmm. Remember those guys? They were on the oh run for an IF. We worked for like 23 hours on that thing. Yes, yeah, straight. And everybody was really, I mean, they, they, they were sending us links to, you know, we live had a good team in those radio uh, feeds. Hmm? We had a we had a really good team in those days. We had like, I think at one point we had forty people behind the scenes, uh, helping us produce material, and it was pretty fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but but people are not you know they're not active. They're they're much more of a you know I'm just gonna feed on content and consume consume consume. Mm -hmm. Not actively involved yeah. uh, these days as much as they used to be. Uh, way back then. All right, wow. now let's go to this. Uh, let's go to this piece right here, um, uh -huh. which was recorded yesterday as we got the information. Here it is. Here we go. All right, this uh, breaking news report right now coming to us at um, five nineteen on Wednesday, February fourteenth. Uh, we've got breaking footage within the hour of a shooting, um, a shooting at the Kansas City. It looks like. Uh, Looks like shots fired during the Chiefs Super Bowl uh, parade. Okay, and I'm going to go to um, Chiefs fans attacking. So breaking news right now. Uh, we'll bring you that footage uh, right now, uh, if we could. Shots fired during the Kansas City. <laughs> People on my team, do we have uh, any, uh, do we know who the shooter was? Is the, was the shoot, shooter neutralized? Uh, that's FBI HRT team members running. go we have that footage we're going to bring you uh some more footage let's go to the second one 
uh, the CNN report. Congressman, as I was preparing for our, our interview today, I realized that you were a Chiefs fan, and I was going to congratulate you on the Super Bowl. You want to brand that? I, I know uh, that you, you may have considered going to the parade, but I, I do have some sad news to share with you. It, it appears uh, that there were shots fired at the parade. CNN has just confirmed that shots were fired at the parade, celebrating the Chiefs' win in Kansas City. We're taking a, a live look at what the scene looks like right now. It appears that folks are, are moving out of the way. Congressman, do, do you know anything about this shooting? Is there any information that you've come across that you can share with us? No, Boris, that's the first I heard of it. If you're looking at the stadium there, that is Union Station in downtown Kansas City, a very historic place. We gathered there in 2015 for the uh, celebration of victory, celebration for the Kansas City Royals winning the World Series. I was there last year sitting on the third row as we celebrated the Chiefs' victory in Super Bowl 57. It is very sad to know that Stacy Graves, the uh, chief of police there who is fairly new, is now having to uh, respond, and it looks like uh, in some active duty situation right now, uh, it, it looks like they're going now below ground there. There are some tunnels and some uh, basement areas under Union Station. I don't want to speculate on what's going on there, but this was a fear that I had, and I know that law enforcement, the FBI, they have spent over a million dollars this year, uh, went from 750000 last year on security security up to one million dollars now to try to secure this I, I believe a two mile route uh, that the players uh, other dignitaries I was actually in the parade last year along with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver of course we had nothing to do with the Super Bowl victory but we were delighted to be there cheering on our uh, Kansas City Chiefs this uh, is is not good news for Kansas City yeah. hopefully there is uh, no one who has died because of this shooting but I know it's very disheartening. We should be able to come together in situations like this and celebrate victories, not have to deal with a shooting. Okay. Uh, so that report there, and I'm looking for live reports and further updates, but um, uh, let's go through. We got a video of a heroic Kansas City Chiefs fan. Tackling. Is that correct? Tackling, it's, it's being said, tackling one of the shooters. So is that telling us that we have multiple shooters? Uh, I'm recording this right now uh, as a breaking news Super Bowl rally shooting. Yes, go ahead, Deb. Two or three teenage boys have been arrested. That's what's being reported to me right now. Uh, as we uh, we're, we're live on the air on locals as well as sending it up to our uh, sending it up to our our rumble stream so share this we have video of the arrest that's coming too uh, we'll bring that to you as well everybody stand by all right let's see this I'm freeze framing here
looks like the girl was handed a gun. Wow, they stripped the guy of his gun. That That is heroic. just standing there uh that that is an interesting anomaly right there uh the police uh just standing there that is interesting that is interesting uh let's uh let's also do this we have a live report this is live cnn coverage uh live cnn coverage let's see if we can get You can do it. Open area outside in which access to the this is a live control report, and then in, in, so in, in addition to that, you have oh, well, we got Andrew McCabe, false flag manufacturer, open carry laws and firearms, uh, uh, firearms laws. So it just makes sense that you're going to have um, some percentage of that population attending the event are going to be carrying weapons. Compare that to an event. Uh, like we experience here every four years or so on the inauguration of a new president. So we have a massive open space. It's Pennsylvania Avenue from the is that live, White House. Uh, live CNN be, feed you know, right now. The There's a bunch being reported. Walks or rides some, some, some distance along Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, that should alarm you to begin with. If Andrew McCabe is reporting on it, uh, he is a deep state false flag manufacturing uh, counterintelligence guy you're the president is the entire area is frozen a day in advance every vehicle is removed uh, every person who has a ticket you have to have a ticket to get into that area has to go through a magnetometer and yeah but the, but the FBI uh, is everywhere don't have firearms that's the only way to secure a massive outdoor area like this it takes thousands of officers and National Guard uh, men helping them out uh, uh, and a massive amount of resources to do it. So um, it doesn't surprise me that we had people in this crowd who, for whatever reason, hopefully we'll find that out soon, um, ended up in a violent confrontation involving firearms. Yeah, I suspect down the road, uh, law enforcement authorities around the country, whenever they have an event like this, are going to be doing a lot of what has been done annual in Washington. It's impossible to stop a major, major event. I will say this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's impossible uh, to stop these events from happening when you got the CIA inside the wire, okay? And you got the yeah. FBI. In time, um, unfortunately, there was loss of life, so that really uh, takes the forensics to a whole nother level. But you have to uh, look for uh, shell casings. Uh, you have to um, look for CCTV. There's obviously a lot of coverage in that area. Yeah, that um, stuff gets deleted I'm by certain, the FBI. I'm 100% certain that someone was recording. We're still looking for the pipe bomber. Recording with their cell phones uh, at the time this happened. Um, and so, mm -hmm. obviously, the individuals that they've detained 
uh, have firearms, they'll have to obviously test those firearms to see if those are similar to the shell casings uh, that they found on the scene. So there's a lot of work that has to go on. Uh, and obviously the, this, this is a huge crime scene that's been trampled with, by people. And so um, yeah, I- They love that. The FBI certainly benefits uh, from the trampling of the scene. They make certain that the scene is trampled and their tracks are covered. There we have the police, ladies and gentlemen, okay? While the citizens are stripping the guns, I just want you to know, you have the police down here just standing still. There they are, uh, standing uh, just a matter of, uh, what, a couple hundred feet away? Isn't that interesting, okay? So here we have, uh, and word typically gets out pretty quick to the police who are just a couple hundred feet away who are just standing there. Uh, what, are they, what are they doing standing there? I want to know. Huh? What are these police doing standing there? We have to ask ourselves. I, that's why I love this type of footage. I love putting out uh, these news reports. Let me wind this up again. Here we have a active shooting. He, he had a gun. People are running. People are screaming. And the police are exchanging popcorn bags. What are they doing? What are the police doing? The police here are just standing by. Uh, just a matter look at how, how far away they are. There's the shooter. There are the people running. And there are the police. Literally, there's people crawling over the barricades. Look at the police just standing there. What are they doing? Standing there. Hmm? Yeah, what we need to know why the police, because the it's the police that are part of these shams. All right, uh, here's another recording. <laughs> events uh, are typically manufactured by the intel services uh, and they're typically scrubbed real time by the intel services that's why we're bringing you this news as we get it so That footage uh, coming to you, and then of course we've got uh, the live feed right now uh, from CNN. Uh, locationally, let's uh, listen to that while I grab more footage that uh, that our team is sending me right now uh, into to when they were on the stage. Now remains to be seen um, exactly how you know whether or not they were up there when the shooting was actually taking place. Where do you have it? WIP details that investigators will be able to reconstruct. Once they have that network of uh, CC uh, uh, TV footage um, and and uh, okay, thank folks you. attending the event who have su- who will submit their I got the tackle one. You kind of patch all that, that together one. like a massive quilt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. strip uh, those videos big time. Exactly what was happening in different places. Shooter arrested. We got, we got that, that one. We're staying on top of the breaking news. Okay. 
Okay, stand by. We're standing by for another update. Okay, and uh, now I'm going to bring you, uh, here's the arrest of the shooter. We're going to catalog everything. Uh, we're also stripping all of the videos. Uh, so here we have, it uh, looks like black Americans uh, being arrested uh, right now. There it is. Let's back it up. Bro. Okay, there it is. Uh, and uh, uh, okay, uh, CNN feed is now at a commercial, uh, which is okay. Uh, let me go to uh, to more stuff here. Uh, you're tuned into this live broadcast, breaking news. I went live. I got a guest coming up here momentarily. We'll have to cut away, but we wanted to bring you uh, this information. A shooter's been arrested. Uh, we have a photo now that we'll go ahead and and get that ready to go. There's the photo, still photo. That's good. Thank you very much, ladies. We're stripping everything right now off the Internet. This is how we catch the FBI and the CIA scrubbing their false flags, if it's a false flag. Okay. Uh, and we will see that to gunshots uh, being fired. Uh, Deb Jordan, thank you very much. Yeah, Santilli, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pulling a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, we've got footage coming in in a flurry. We're bringing it to you right now as we're getting it. Uh, pulling it off of the Internet right now. Kansas City shooting a lot of replicas. That one's a duplicate. That's okay. If we have duplicates, make sure we indicate so. Yoshi, do we have more? Okay, that's good. That should be good. So here we go. Um, we're going to bring these to you right now as I have them. Uh, Philly shooter, there he is getting attacked and tackled. Uh, and we will go slow motion here uh, as I open it up. And we're going to catalog this. Everybody, when you find stuff, make sure you tag us on our X account tag us on our x account we will strip it we'll analyze every single thing okay uh i'm going to turn off the sound here and i'm going to go pretty much frame by frame if this is a different perspective okay looks like we've got people running ah uh, okay, here we have a police officer. He's now running. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Where did that police officer end up, I wonder? Here's the police officer. See him to the, to the right, right here. Uh, there he is. Police officer to the right. Um, let me move this out of the way here. Stand by. Just uh, forgive me. We're doing this live real time. So uh, you guys are going to have to just bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. We got CNN at a commercial, so I can't switch to that right now. Um, I'm going to bring you this because what I need to do is slow motion. Okay.
All right. Here we go. Uh, where did that go? There we go. All right, folks. Here we have a police officer off here to the right. There we go. that police officer doing he's running he's got his gun out right that police officer if you'll notice right here he's got his gun out now and he's chasing down the side of the barricade probably in favor of finding cover i don't know what is he doing i have no idea there's somebody running with a gun the police officer is letting the citizens tackle him with his gun out, and he's on the other, other side of the barricade. Th this is interesting right here. If you were a police officer, you knew somebody was running, and, and, and you were worried enough to where you have your gun out, he's running on this side of the barricade. Interesting. Interesting indeed. He's watching the citizens take down the guy with the gun. That guy needs to be fired, okay? Yes or no? Anyone agree with that? He needs to be fired. Why is he hiding on the other side of the barricade? Why is he running in parallel with his gun out? What's he going to do? Shoot somebody that might find out the truth? Huh? That's interesting. Huh? Okay. Hold hold on one second, okay? Uh, don't, don't say your name on the line right here. I'm live with a news report on this shooting. Uh, we're literally cataloging right now the anomalies that exists on the ground in Kansas City uh, for this shooting, all right? And I'm going to finish this live report here. i got to take this important telephone call. Uh, there is the arrest. Uh, there is a photo of the arrest. Two, looks like two black Americans were arrested. Uh, this one shows that there were, there was gunfire. Okay, people ran. And then this final one that we're going to run, this is the one that we haven't seen yet. Let's uh, let's unmute. There we go. We'll run this, and then we will break back to uh, regular coverage. Sean, are you at the board? And now people running during a live report by Channel 5 on the ground. Uh, people from the gunfire okay that concludes this report that's what we have right now if you find anything right now we got a live you know we got live coverage of course cnn uh, will only show the footage that's permissible by the cia and the fbi especially if it has one of their operatives on camera they don't they won't show you that that footage there but uh, um here we have cnn uh, they're going to be scrubbing information real time. So anything you can find, send it to us on X. We will download it, analyze all the footage, and we'll call out, for instance, the cop running down on the other side of the barricade while people tackle the gunmen. Uh, the cop is running on the other side of the barricade, uh, allowing the citizens to tackle the guy with the gun. That was interesting. Fire that cop. That, uh, that's a fact. Uh -huh. We watched that. Yeah. That that right there, the, that cop on the other side of the barricade, as he's running in parallel, concerned enough to where he has his gun out, right? Yeah. 
He's got his gun out. But he's running in parallel to watch them over the barricade. One of two things. Either he's getting ready to shoot somebody that might discover something they don't want you to discover. Uh, that's how they operate, uh, of course. Uh -huh. uh, or he needs to be fired for just letting the citizens take a bullet. That's not right. No. And then that small little gaggle of uh, police officers, everybody's running around except for the five guys eating popcorn 100 feet away. Right. That's what it looked like. It looked like they were, uh, oh, can I get some popcorn from you? They're handing each other bags while everybody's sc scurrying, right? Well, we're getting uh, reports this morning that it's gang-related, that it was gang-related. These were teenage boys, young kids, probably some kind of uh, initiation. Who knows? I mean, but uh, it, as it happens, Kansas City is like the eighth most violent city in the United States of America. Uh, they have all kinds of mass shootings all the time. And a mass shooting is is a shooting that involves three or more people who have been shot, right? There's a lot of gang activity in Kansas City. It's a very dangerous city, very violent. Mm. And uh, there was a heavy police presence. But you know how it is yesterday, you and I were talking about these rap concerts, right? Which you have done plenty of. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, you were telling me or reminding me that when you did that, I mean, they had, especially at these uh, outdoor venues in these big cities like Los Angeles, and especially in California, anywhere there's an outdoor venue and it's a big rap concert, um, they have to do sweeps of of the peripheral and on in the interior, they have to continually do that. Why? Because a lot of these gang members. Well, I told you what we do uh, a week in advance of an outdoor festival, right? Yes. So a lot of these gang members are battling one another, and they they all want to go to these concerts, though. And so it only stands to reason that when an event like that happens they're opportunistic to say the least i mean and they start fighting and battling one another and uh this is this is what happened so uh gang related wasn't a terror related thing wasn't just it's it's just typical it's typical of these blue cities i'm sorry to say it but it is this is what happens on a daily weekly in places like Kansas City and uh, other parts, Atlanta, especially Atlanta. It's it's very violent, gang violence in Atlanta. So, um, you know, the gun grabbers are having a hard time this morning, today, because they understand that uh, criminals are going to have weapons. They're going to they're going to find a way to get guns. And this had nothing to do with law-abiding citizens, right? So. Yep. Okay, now listen, uh, we have uh, another breaking news report right now. This is uh, live, though. This just happened. You ready? Um, let's see if we can go to that. We got um, uh, CNN. Uh, let me go to that here real quick. Give me just a second. Uh, CNN, and guess what? Uh, President Donald J. Trump 
uh, showing up at uh, at court, let's say. Over at that table right there, you're looking at some of the many attorneys who are there for the defense clients. Remember how many there are there. This room you're looking at right there was filled with attorneys. Uh, with us now, CNN senior legal analyst, former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Ellie Honig, CNN legal analyst. Hang on one second here, guys. Donald Trump has arrived at this other ring that we're watching today, the courthouse in New York. Let's listen to see if he talks. you love how he says banana <laughs> yeah before the election that's what they want to do they don't care after the election they wouldn't have brought this except for the fact no way except for the fact i'm running for president and doing well if i were doing poorly they wouldn't have brought it and frankly uh, if i didn't run they would have been extremely happy because they don't like me running and they don't like the numbers the poll numbers have us beating him by a lot so that's where we are i'll talk to you later after we don't know what's going to happen we want delays obviously i'm We have going to have a problem. 
was, I call it Biden migrant crime. Because you have millions of people came into this, this place, this country that has been so badly hurt. And they're, they're doing things that nobody's ever seen before. So you have violent migrant crime, and they're after me for doing nothing wrong. You know, I paid almost $300 million in taxes over the period of time. $300 million. And they say, oh, let's get Trump out. You have people that it's everything is politics in this city, including decisions and judges and everything else. It has to straighten out and they have to focus on violent crime, not made up crime. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Thank you. Donald Trump manipulating the moment. A campaign <laughs> stop on his way inside a Manhattan oh, court. Boy. Donald Trump, charges, Donald Trump charges, manipulating York the charges, moment. Not federal charges, right. despite what. So they want to comment from him. Uh, yeah. They uh, want uh, him to comment. He he obliges them a comment. And, and there they, he is manipulating the moment. And then he gets accused of manipulating the moment. Yes. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Actually, Bring here, him hold, hold on a second. Wait. Here it is right here. Uh this this is the best um this is the best representation of uh president trump right here everybody stay right there you don't want to miss this mm. and then we're going to go to mark uh, mark morano but uh i find this to be much more appropriate um right here you ready mm -hmm. here we go Okay, now what are we doing? Hey, look, we have your gummy bears right here. Ooh, okay. Great idea. Okay, before we get rolling, do you have any kind of request? Yeah, call me Klaus Broadstreet. Okay, Klaus Broadstreet. Here. Okay, Klaus, the first question. You know what you got to ask me about? Can I finish my question? Just the first question, please. Uh, okay. Who's Tay Tay? He's a friend of my quilting partner, Thorpe. Wait, back up. What? Quilting partner? Uh, Thorpe. Uh, work on your hands, okay? Work on your hands, because they're 100% a language. Mm, okay, thanks for the useless tip. Okay, look at my hands, kid. What do you see here? Nothing. There's just air there. Zip it, zip it, zip it. Now watch as I go in circles <laughs> like you're grooming your man beans. Um, now let me ask you this. Are your friends good friends? Yeah, I guess. Does that matter? What do you think? No, it doesn't matter. They're just people. So what do you think about Elon and Grimes? Uh, Varu? What'd you say? You know what? We should talk about the feces station, because you support the feces station. The, uh, the feces station, yeah. Oops, I just made that up. No, you didn't. It's an actual thing. Nope. I know a guy that served on the committee for that. His uh, name is but, Doug. But it's not okay. a real thing. Doug Hold on a second. We got breaking news now in uh, the courtroom uh, in Georgia. Mr. Schaefer. Good morning, Your Honor. Oh, Three good. Gentlemen, Anthony Lake for Mr. Schaefer. Mr. Schaefer is presently in and Mr. Floyd. Aaron McCulloch on behalf of his uh, Trump co-defendant is trying to get Georgia DA disqualified from the case. She will be disqualified. Oh, I'm not counting on it. She will be disqualified. If she's not disqualified, yeah, then well, you have a lot more well faith in Floyd. the judicial system than I do. Okay, thank you. Especially in Georgia. Oh, Mr. Floyd is here. Okay, I see Mr. Floyd is present as well. All right. You're uh, one more appearance. Sandy Monroe on behalf of the, the, the attorney's office. All right. 
guy. There's the black ball guy that was banging Fanny. Uh-huh. Anyone else present who believes they may need to be on the record or address any issue coming up in the proceeding? Seeing none. Judge, I'm here. Dave Banks. Um, I've been subpoenaed as a witness, but I also represent Christopher Campbell. Um, so. All right. Thank you, Mr. Banks. Oh my goodness! How many? How many? Right, attorneys? Sir, can we have you spell your name well, for the record? Look at all the defendants. It looks like a Bundy trial. Uh-huh. <laughs> there were. I mean, look at the defendants, right? Yeah. They all have an attorney. They have. All big right. In terms in of just a little housekeeping, and for terms of presenting the evidence uh, this morning, uh, my th- thought was, as witnesses are called, this being. I want to uh, be a judge. Roman's motion. Uh, counsel what? for Mr. Roman would be the first, and any witness that they call, uh, then in order of the listed defendants, uh, there would be the opportunity for additional direct or cross-examination, however you want to characterize it, and then the state on the tail end of that. So, uh, with that, I would turn it over to Ms. Merchant. Is there anything that we would need to take up before calling the first witness? Um, Judge, we would invoke the rule of sequestration. All right. So to that end, pursuant to Rule 615, I would ask that any witnesses subpoenaed or expected to testify at the hearing today that they should remain outside the courtroom until called, and they shouldn't discuss their testimony with any other witness or watch any kind of live proceeding or recording of the testimony until the evidence is is concluded or they're excused from uh, being called today. Are there any exceptions to this rule? Not the mistake. Any from the defense? No, thank you. Okay, Mr. Abadi. Yes, Your Honor. And uh, prior to starting uh, any testimony, um, the state would just like to address, uh, I guess, some housekeeping matters and issues with the court as it relates to what was represented um, during the previous hearing um, as it relates to uh, witness testimony, uh, specifically the testimony of the uh, former uh, law partner of uh, Nathan Wade, uh, that would be Mr. Terrence Bradley. And what... Uh, or what the state would like uh, the court to understand and realize is that in preparation for this hearing um, and speaking to witnesses uh, and uh, doing the additional research as relates to the comments that were uh, represented by a counsel, specifically uh, a counsel for uh, Mr. Roman, uh, Ms. Merchant, that uh, we've been able to determine that the claims that the defendant has asserted and did assert and during the last hearing on Monday are not only legally meritless but are factually unsupported um, by the statements that Ms. Merchant made to the court. Um, what I would say are they're patently false. Um, they are egregious yeah. misrepresentations of, of what is believed that Mr. Bradley would say or even knows. Um, what I would uh, bring to the court's attention in my speaking with uh, the defense counsel for uh, Mr. Bradley, um, Mr. Chopra, is that um, anything that he, any knowledge of anything he would have would be protected under the attorney-client privilege. Um, he would assert that. Um, and that privilege has not been waived uh, by Mr. Wade. More importantly, representation was made to the court that Ms. Merchant spoke to Mr. Bradley and that Mr. Bradley represented that he had firsthand knowledge from speaking to uh, several witnesses um, 
that he would be able to impeach with the statements that she represented um, that there was a relationship prior to um, Mr. Wade being appointed um, special prosecutor and that um, there was issues with cohabitation that he would be able to directly impeach um, those witnesses. Cohabitation. And speaking with Mr. Chopra. Um, those are misrepresentations that are not true. They are um, for the purpose of harassment and undue burden uh, to the district attorney. And we'd ask to renew our motion to quash. And uh, the only hearing we should be having is a hearing as it relates to sanctions for um, the defense counsel's lack of candor that's required by not only statutory law, but professional rules of responsibility and case law. And we uh, ask that we move into a hearing that would it, that is related to the sanctions due to misrepresentation and flagrant um, falsehoods that have been spread throughout the world um, in, in an effort to affect this case and to keep it from moving forward. With that, Your Honor, um, that's our request. So just a small matter of housekeeping. Yes. All right. Ms. Merchant. Um, Judge, uh, first, the witnesses haven't been sequestered, so I just ask that they be sequestered before we argue this or have any more argument. I know Mr. Wade is still here. Um, so we just ask that he leaves since he is under subpoena. Um, that let's, let's start there. Mr. Bonney? Well, I would agree when testimony starts that the rules of, sequ rules of sequestration um, would require Mr. Wade to leave, but that we haven't started testimony. This is argument. He's lead counsel for the case, and he has every right uh, to be sitting at the table. Oh, okay. really? Let's hear from some witnesses. Let's actually hear some sworn testimony under oath. Um, I have made proffers, and it just seems like all we're going to get is objection after objection because the state clearly does not want any witnesses to take the stand, doesn't want the truth to come out in front of the court. This is a very important issue, and we need to have witnesses. I have a good faith basis. We learn I have a good faith basis. And Mr. Bradley is not my only witness to this good faith basis. It is just happens to be the evidence I proffered at the hearing when the state first tried to keep all of the other witnesses off the stand. I was forced to proffer certain testimony to get over the hurdle to uh, refute their motions to quash. I did that. I used Mr. Bradley's testimony to do that. He is not the only witness that can state that there was a relationship prior to Mr. Wade being hired. Um, the first witness that I'd like to call is Robin Geary. Not Mr. Bradley. No privilege issues. Let's start with her. Your Honor, I want the attorney that looks like Stormy Daniels. Sure. So I think at this point we just need to take these issues one at a time. And as you've joined the motion, I think defense counsel would have the opportunity to weigh in. But again, at any point, if uh, I'm just hearing the same thing over and over again from each separate defense counsel. I'm going to reserve the right to say thank you. I, I appreciate that. Right. I only ask you about and of course, we are monitoring right now this hearing that is happening in Georgia. You can see the defense and the prosecutors there both making their arguments. But we do want to bring you an important update that is happening in the courtroom here in New York and Manhattan in the first criminal case that was brought against former President Donald Trump. We have just learned the judge has rejected 
Trump's request to dismiss this case against him, and they have set a date. March 25th will be the first criminal trial, based on what we know right now, against former President Donald Trump. He was indicted last March on 34 counts of falsifying business records, ultimately arguing that that was an illegal campaign contribution on the prosecutors, in the, according to the prosecutor's argument. And now just, we have learned March 25th will be the date of oh, that court just, case. And Paula Reed and Kristen Holmes are here. We've just learned that CNN is constantly around wow. the clock doing Trump, Russia, Russia, Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Stormy Daniels, yeah, nothing Ukraine, here, Russia right? collusion, yeah. uh, Fannie Willis. Huh? That's all we have. By the way, can I share something with our uh, viewing audience before we go to Mark Morano? Yeah. I have to profess my love to you. You do? Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. One of the, uh, <laughs> one of the most spectacular days in my entire life. Uh-huh. Uh, have I told you this privately? Yes. I hope so. I don't want to make this the first time. You've been time very you've kind. That. Huh? You've been very kind. Yeah. Look. Look at this. Yeah. Look at that. Was that a great day? It was a great day. There we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I look like uh, Shrek compared to you. No, you don't. You look yeah. fantastic. I do? Yeah. There we are. That's our wedding day. Yeah. And uh, you know what? It was I the most amazing. I gave you more photos. You have yes. photos. You did. Do you want me to show those too? You can show a couple of them. Huh? Do you guys want to see more? Hmm? Hmm. You want to see? Shall, shall I share more? If you want to. Hmm. Okay. I will. Stand by. Mm -hmm. Hold on. We had the most amazing folks who put our wedding on for us. Uh, it was just amazing. The people at Patch of Heaven Camp. Oh my goodness. It was just absolutely beautiful. And uh, it was right in the middle of the desert, surrounded by a wildlife refuge, which, is, which I found hilarious. It's God has a sense of humor, right? And you know, Annette and Victor Fuentes. And you guys have seen them on our show, right? Uh, the, the Department of the Interior, the Bureau of Land Management have given these folks such a hard way to go. They cut their water off from their, from their property and they had to fight, fight, fight to get it back. And then, you know, they only got it partially back. And it's just been, it's just been a, a journey for them and I think it was a blessing for them to what a beautiful way to uh, to utilize their camp and just in the face of the Bureau of Land Management and the Department of the Interior at, you know to have Pete and Deb Santilli get married there <laughs> I just thought it was fantastic they made it beautiful and uh, it was just it was just a great day it was beautiful all the way around. But yeah, we um, we we had a very lovely wedding, I have to say, and they, they all worked so hard on it. Uh, Michelle Fiore, Annette, and Victor, and uh, I don't know if I should say her name, I'll just say Dee, 
of my maid of honor. Uh, they all worked very hard. And then the, the folks, it, I mean, it was just like a group effort. But when I walked into to the uh, chow house, they had just turned it into this beautiful, just, it was beautiful. And it still had that Western feel, you know, it, it was just, it was just amazing. And the whole backdrop of the little Western town and, and uh, it was just very, it was very nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> and some of the pictures that we did outside, you guys will see my hair was just like, the, the wind kicked up and it was, I don't know how, I don't know how fast the wind was blowing that day, but it's Nevada, right? So uh, the wind was blowing like crazy and I had to walk to the chapel and, you know. Yeah, you guys, um, all the guys <laughs> out there, this is my wife. Stop <laughs> gawking at my wife, okay? Oh, Stop man. gawking at my wife, all right? I have her, and you don't. It there was a go. beautiful day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a nice way to gloss over what I just said. <laughs> uh, no, perfect. you were, no. That's my so, lovely bride. Too, look how handsome you are, though. You know how much I love you, though, right? Yeah, I do. I tried not to. <laughs> you did? Yeah, for many years. It's impossible, though. Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. That is so funny. Is that is that a is that a nice compliment? Yeah. It's like impossible. Yeah, it is. Huh? I try to resist. <laughs> the the photo. I'm a, I'm a rebel, Dottie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Pete's tux. Somebody said nice dude. His tux was super nice. Oh. Uh, I went with the black and and uh, cream color, right? Ivory, and uh, you guys, she's like the most loyal and ladies too. Okay, ladies, you can learn something. I mean, stand by your man, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow, huh? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it was are amazing. You, are you gushing? Am I embarrassing you? Now you should show the group photo. We uh, some folks down the road. Uh, brought this old truck and you can't see the truck really but we we did our group shot in front of that and it was just beautiful and there's a shot of Pete and Michelle Fiore the, when she first saw him uh, and it's just it's everything that a friendship should be like two people who are like really happy to see one another you know Really happy to see one another. And I have to say, she's one of my best friends for sure. And she's been really good to us. And she married us, right, Michelle Fiore. And we met her when she was a state rep for Nevada. She stood up for us. She took care of me. I can't even begin to tell you guys how she took care of me uh, when Pete was on trial in Nevada. And, and my maid of honor, uh, Diana, they took care of me and made sure, cause I mean, I was like a fish out of water. I didn't know anybody. I knew I had only met Michelle for the first time. I mean, she and I had spoke over the phone, but I met her for the first time in Oregon when she came there to represent uh, and take care of us there in Oregon. And she just made sure that my travel back and forth from Ohio to Nevada was seamless. I, I lived with her for like 40 days, right? <laughs> so
So um, on the end to your left is my son, Adam. He walked me down the aisle. And then there's me and Pete, uh, Clive and Bundy, Pete's best man, and my maid of honor, uh, Diana. We call her D. There's me and Michelle. I was just uh, getting my makeup on, right? And we did that little pose for the photographer. <laughs> it turned out really nice. Yep. And it was an amazing day. I don't know if you have the photo of you and Michelle when she first sees you, uh, when she she gets to the venue. She's like my little sister. And yep. she just happens to be like a big time Nevada GOP -er, right? <laughs> She's the one. Here she is. She's like my little sister. Uh, yeah, she is. She's amazing. She is. That is former Nevada Assemblywoman. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you ever wondered how the Las Vegas Stadium ended up becoming a stadium in Las Vegas where the Super Bowl was held, mm -hmm. it's that woman right there, my little sister, That's Michelle. Her. Huh? Yeah. Tough little Italian. She's tough. Broad. Huh? <laughs> Isn't she? She is tough. Tough girl. Tough yeah. girl. Former. Las Vegas City Councilwoman, high up uh -huh. in the Nevada GOP. Yeah. And happy to see Peter T. Santelli. <laughs> she was, huh? I mean, that that was. Not a, just bragging rights. I'm very proud of her, actually. I was. That was a candid, that was a candid shot that the photographer caught. Um, Pete and Michelle didn't even know their picture was being taken. This is literally how. They are around one another. She is... Um, she's like my little sister. Yeah, she's amazing. She is amazing, right? She takes you remember care. during Bundy Ranch, uh, you weren't out there. I was out there, and I was mm -hmm. hanging out with Michelle Fiore. We were we were having fun. I yeah. going up against the government. <laughs> and she was the government, so uh, it's just amazing. She's an amazing woman, amazing yeah. friend. I couldn't ask I'm glad we could share that with you guys. Yeah. I don't know what inspired me to do that, but it just, it just did. By the way, uh, she's a, a Pahrump, uh judge yeah. uh, appointed by, uh, appointed by. Yeah. Appointed uh, and also endorsed by President Donald J. Trump. Well, a couple of, yes, she was. She's mm -hmm. met with the president uh, on a couple occasions and she... We got a VIP to his Las Vegas uh, rally a couple of years ago because of Michelle, right? And uh, she got us a VIP, and, and we got to meet all kinds of really awesome people. It was very, very nice. And uh, she she was the she helped organize his rallies in Nevada because she at that time was a Las Vegas City Councilwoman, and she was the vice mayor we call it vice mayor here the assistant mayor um in las vegas she had a very high position and uh she was on the committee to get the rally going and it was a spectacular rally and uh she got us back in the vip area we had vip tickets and it was just super nice of her uh to do that for us and we were there doing a fundraiser for Roger Stone. And uh, she was also, help, she helped us organize the fundraiser for Roger. And at the same time, she's helping, or she's getting uh, the Trump rally together. We learned a lot about how the rallies are put together and the work that has to be done. I mean, you have to have 
nerves of steel to put on one help put on one of these rallies. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere, right? You got to have nerves of steel. And it and uh, she was very good at it. And so Trump uh, likes Michelle a whole lot. He, you know, he's met with her a couple of times, and like I said, I mean, she she is definitely a MAGA supporter, right? And now she's a judge in, uh, in there in Nevada. And so a couple of years ago, I, we, she and I were talking and she said, well, if you and Pete ever tie the knot, I, I hope to be the one that gets it to get to do it. So of course, you know, when I asked her to marry me, she said, yes. <laughs> Just uh, amazing woman, just amazing. So there you guys have it. Those are just a few of our photos. We'll be releasing more soon. We'll put a link to them as soon as uh, as soon as they all get ready. And we'll be doing we'll doing we'll be doing a couple of really special things with the photos, right? And uh, yeah, that's it. That's not <laughs> it. That's it. I want to show everybody something. Uh huh. You consider me to be honorable? I do. You do? I do. You think our audience does? Yeah. All right. Then uh, I want uh, everybody to start calling me honorable, all right? Because of this right here. The honorable <laughs> Peter T. Santilli presiding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was fun. You guys see me in my black robe? Yeah, that was a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. We got a tour of her uh, her, of her courthouse and her courtroom. I got to put a black robe on, all right, (laughs) and uh, assume the bench. She was laughing. Huh? And she was laughing. It was a lot of fun. She was. Uh, We did a little mock uh, uh, hearing. We were just having, we were having fun that day. She got a beautiful courtroom and uh, it was nice. Okay. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is play uh, the Mark Morano uh, interview. Okay. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I want to show one more, one more picture. All right. Just because. All right. I don't know if you guys know it, but we have a daughter. Okay. Does, does everyone know? Hmm? With me outside of this courthouse, obviously this was a long shot bid, yeah. but I think- Oh, shut up. <laughs> hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, shut up. So we have a daughter. We do. Here <laughs> she is right here. Stand by. Oh, okay, yeah. Hmm? Her Valentine's Day photo. No. Is this that is the one? one? No. 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 Here's here's this one right here. Oh, come on. Hmm? No, come on. Oh my unbelievable. Give me a second, you guys want to see this. I pretty much guarantee you wanna see this. Oh my god, my mouse. This is so crazy. Can you hear my computers humming? 
Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. you, you can just tell they're in the backside of our computers. Mm -hmm. You know that, right? Uh, one day, I hope from our wedding that we play for the uh, play for our audience the video that some of our biggest guests and supporters uh, put together for us to play during the wedding. Uh, I don't think that's been made public and. And we should, because it literally, when you saw the picture of Pete and I standing there and we were laughing, it was, we were laughing at Roger Stone's video that he, part of, part of the video that Roger Stone did, um, that he sent and they, and our great editor, uh, wow. producer, Nate, Nathan put together behind Pete's back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Big surprise for Pete. And it was so funny. It was so funny. And Dr. Brian Artis, he was funny, too. He was really, really funny, too. But it was very heartfelt. A lot of our guests that you guys would recognize did this great, great montage for us. It was just fantastic, right? And we were in the one picture. We were, that's what we were laughing at. Roger Stone was, was great. Mm -hmm. his, his part was great. Dr. Artis, uh, yeah. Uh, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Oh Sherry God. Tenpenny, and Vandersteel. It was just fantastic. The list goes on and on. Alex Newman. It was fantastic. Was it, uh, Owen Schroyer. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. And people people cracked up. Yeah. He was like, yeah, uh, Roger Stone called him Pete Sant Pistilli. Wait a minute, he says. He's changed the name a couple of times and it was just funny because, you know, everybody knows that he got Pete's name wrong the first time he ever verbalized it. And it was just great. It was great. You guys would have loved it. I hope we get that up there for everybody soon. soon. Um, we'll yeah. let you guys see it. Yeah, I will. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. There she is. Thank you, Dyer Pick One, for a $5 Rumble rant. You ready? Says, Congratulations. Thank you very much. There she is. Oh, that's our Miss Gee. That's Miss Gidge. Her name is Gidget. Look at her. Yeah. Okay. I get in this I get I get this habit where I nickname I mean our her name is Gidget, yes. but I call her Mimi, Gigi. What else do I call her? Gidge? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. All right. Without further ado, let's play this all the way through because we're going to need all the uh, remaining balance of the show. If we don't have enough time to come back, we'll see you guys at four o'clock. This is an epic interview uh, right here. You don't want to miss this. Yep. Here it is. Ready? It's fantastic. Yep. Listen up. Listen up. This is a great, great, great interview with Mark Morano. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my next guest, well, actually, I consider him to be a, a friend and family member of the Pete Santilli Show because he joins us at very important times. I say on a monthly basis, and the world changes several times over in between visits, but he's an award-winning producer, writer, and host of uh, Climate Hustle, uh, a film released in 2016 to hundreds of U.S. theaters 
and Climate Hustle 2 uh, in 2020 is one of the highest profile uh, voices of climate realism uh, in the world today. He's a frequent guest on radio, on television, on, on talk shows uh, in the United States, and of course, internationally, including Fox, um, the Fox News, CNN, BBC. He's been on Canada's Sun TV and has been profiled uh, in the New York Times. Of course, and at Esquire Magazine, Rolling Stone, all the mainstream, and numerous others. But from 92 to 96, uh, Mr. Moreno served as a reporter for the nationally syndicated uh, show Rush Limbaugh, the television show. Uh, and he's also the host of uh, the weekly show, Mark Moreno Show on. I think he's, uh, he might still be on TNT Radio, but, you know, I'm so honored. I want to let you know, uh, so very well written. I have his books. They're very, very important. He's well documented, uh, probably before we all knew how to spell climate change and the climate emergencies that we're hearing so much about uh, these days. Uh, but uh, Mark Moreno, welcome back to the Pete Santilli Show, sir. We really, really are honored to have you. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, do, I still have a, T, a TNT show. It's today's News Talk Radio. It's every day, 1 p.m. Eastern, and it's um, uh, an hour-long show, and I have you know guests and everything. So check that out at TNT Radio. Do you, do you mind? Uh, is there any prohibitions from um, from sharing? Uh, be, be, be just, just I, I feel a sense of heightened. Uh, psyoping that is going on right now every time i if i go to the cable news networks you know any current event is related to climate change if i go to the financial news networks and i hear from larry fink every single move that they make and recommend uh to to the major corporations related to corporate you know and climate governance now there's all this new terminology but it's constant it's around the clock right now and I believe it's a psychological operation to get everybody conditioned for what they have to serve up to us next, correct? Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, in the exact same way that COVID was a psychological operation, we were told of Spanish flu type death tolls based on unverified just virus models, the same way they do in the climate. They just make scary predictions and say, we must do ABC. And then, of course, we did ABC in COVID, the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates and the church closures and the school closures, the stay at home orders. And we didn't have Spanish death toll. So you'll still find members of our ruling class, academia, liberals who will say, we saved those death tolls because we locked down. You know, you make a scary prediction, you do some virtue signaling nonsense that would have no impact, but you don't, the, the, the worst outcome doesn't happen. And you say, hey, it worked. So you may as well be holding a rabbit's foot. Hey, I'm about to die, but I held this rabbit's foot. So I live, the rabbit's foot works. Same thing with climate. Uh, and they're doing it on a daily, weekly, hourly basis. One of the funniest stories today, Pete, was uh, I think it was NPR or uh, some mainstream publication did a story about Greenland and how it's warming up, but it's not quite as warm as the levels of the medieval warm period. And you know, I'm thinking like, whoa, that's you know, cognitive dissonance on many levels. They're acknowledging that Greenland was warmer than today in the medieval warm period. There were no coal plants, no SUVs. Uh, during the medieval warm period of about nine, um, about 900 to 1300 AD is what we're talking about here. And 
It was warmer than today, which defies the whole idea of the UN and Michael Mann and the hockey stick. Uh, and so th that's incredible. And of course, the fourth, third thing is it doesn't, it means there's no alarm. So they'll occasionally slip that out. But every day, everything, every story you read, everything that happens is conditioned to say, you need to give up your freedom. You need to give in. We need more mandates. We need more subsidies. And the other thing, Pete, is the more these things fail, and we're seeing this right now with EVs, spectacular failure across the board to where every major automaker, CEO is coming out from, from Toyota, Honda, Volkswagen, GM, Chrysler, all just saying, this isn't working. They're not, the public's not interested. You have Avis rental car releasing a third of the EVs, just getting rid of them because of no consumer demand and high maintenance costs. Mm. They can't even rent these things, these subsidized things. And all of this is proof to Washington and the climate establishment that we didn't do enough. So they're already looking to double, to increase EV mandates, to more gas powered car bans, more subsidies. And the same thing happens, of course, in this um, Inflation Reduction Act. They're now talking about a trillion dollars spending. Biden is authorizing more money than Congress ever voted for. It's just, and the courts aren't even stopping it. So we live in an insane world. Everything you read and hear is designed to get you to come to the conclusion that the ruling class wants you to, and that is invariably less freedom, more so, mandates, and accepting their narrative without dissent. And you can't dissent because you're silenced. Even the most alarming thing, and I'm on the climate beat on X or Twitter. I don't know what's going on with Twitter, but the last two weeks I've gotten so much from people I follow saying we are being throttled. There's a whole new round of censorship. It's almost like the Twitter of old. And then I was thinking, you know, Elon Musk, in order to appease the establishment, because remember, he's got SpaceX government contracts, Neuralink, right. the whole EV business model relies on the government, uh, green mandates and subsidies. He hired that WEF, World Economic Forum, um, woman to take over the, the a lot of the management of that. And I'm sure they're slipping in all sorts of algorithms. So Right. Elon Musk has a lot of great qualities, but he's also could be the you know the wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, and and and, and for him to just say, well, I'm going to go against your agenda at a time when he's economically strapped. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. if if he can just temporarily maybe, but you can just imagine the justification for doing it because his survival is important. So if he's on the good side of things, let me tell you where I I think he is and he's come out and tesla is the canary in the coal mine uh, because he's announced he wanted controlling interest but he announced guess what we're not necessarily an ev company okay we're an ai company right <laughs> he did say that and and it's true that that if they wanted to you know to push him because he now recognizes and has spoken out to say you know what the numbers just really don't match up because he's a smart guy and he's come out against the climate change hoax um so now they time, he just supported a carbon tax about 10 days ago uh, uh, he came out with this eight minute video confusing. touting a carbon tax mm. but he's not a climate alarmist so he's sort of trying to play all ends of the film yes right yes all right now go with me here uh because this is going to be the uh, center core of our discussion sure. um china okay uh i read an article within the past uh week uh, that China may be behind the climate change agenda on the global level for their benefit, especially here in the United States, pushing for that. Uh, so financially pushing for that. And it's to their benefit how that works out. I'd like to hear from you. 
Secondly, China is also utilizing technology, AI technology, and they're essentially slow cooking us, as they've outwardly said that the CCP's military is slow cooking us into eventually accepting defeat and surrender to the Chinese. And there was that article out there, and it came from pretty reliable sources from the other side of the Chinese wall. So imagine the psyoping that goes on by these Chinese. They've got money. Uh, they're pushing a, a climate change agenda, which we know that there's a lot of psychological um, uh, behavioral modification that goes on there that you'll follow along or your vehicle is going to be cut off, so on and so forth. But overall, are they going, are they going to benefit themselves from the climate agenda and the money they're pumping into the system, A. And B, w would you say that their ability to, through AI, uh, 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 social media engineering and behavior modification programs, that they have the technological capabilities to slow cook us into accepting just about any, any agenda that they want to put out there? Well, yes, the, uh, on your second question first, what happened in January 2020 when the World Health Organization went to China and went to uh, uh, Wuhan and some other cities and they said, if you want to stop this virus, do what China, we need to copy China. That was the exact phrase of the World Health uh, Organization's sham investigative committee. Mm -hmm. And the world literally like lemmings followed China. We copied China. So China is very excited. And part of these uh, these psyops, AI, remember the, the pictures of people falling dead in the Chinese streets, allegedly from COVID-19, who dies from a respiratory virus walking down the street and then just <laughs> collapsing over yeah. video after video. That was all psyop and I think China was amazed at how we followed them like that. Remember, every major leader from Justin Trudeau to the UN climate chief to the World Economic Forum to Apple CEO to Biden administration officials to, to the New York Times columns have all praised China for their one-party rule, for their dictator, for having no messiness and democracy. So we've been set up to follow them. And we are following them now with corporate government collusion with the whole BlackRock and DEI and ESG, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and environment, social governance. All of these things are based on a Chinese social credit system. So we are voluntarily submitting ourselves to China. It's not like they have to come in and threaten us or do anything. Our leaders are enthralled with their method. They're lusting after it. So they're coming for it. And in terms of China benefiting, obviously they benefit from the green agenda. They are laughing their asses off mm. at it as they make meaningless pledges that basically every energy analyst looks at it and says, well, this is what their trajectory is. They're rapidly industrializing and then they're gonna stabilize. The pledges they've made are meaningless. The pledges the U.S. has made are significant in terms of economic. Of course, they're meaningless when it comes to the climate. And there's also been reports of China, Russia funding environmental groups in order to further this green agenda, which only benefits them. We are not doing anything. When they say, like, the United States is, you know, we are, we are 
we are going green and we're going on the path to meet our UN Paris Agreement or net zero. All we're doing is outsourcing our missions to China as we gut our industrial base. China and India and Brazil uh, and, and Russia, the Middle East, Venezuela, they're picking up the slack and they have lower human rights standards, lower environmental, I shouldn't say lower, I mean rock bottom environmental standards, rock bottom human rights standards, these countries. And they're the ones that are picking up. So we're importing goods that we no longer manufacture. And on paper, we don't have the emissions, but global emissions of CO2 continue to go up because all we've done is said, Americans don't need these jobs. We don't need an industrial base. Let's have a bunch of ghost towns and double digit unemployment for the rest of our lives. And let's, let's hollow out the American economy and we'll just buy it from everyone else. But in the meantime, we look good in the net zero game, shell game of like, look at us. You know, it's, it's, it's evil is what it is because this agenda has hammered Americans, continues to hammer Americans. It's almost impossible to have a rare earth mine in America. Biden shutting down the natural gas, Biden shutting down coal, Biden uh, restricting energy from every avenue of, that he's uh, capable of within the federal government. There's been a lot of talk about the energy going up. A lot of that is state and private companies, not on federal land. So we are in a situation now where China is going to be the world's lone superpower, which, by the way, fits into the global, the World Economic Forum's Great Reset, which says the U.S. will no longer be the world superpower. We are fast on track to meet those goals. And that alliance, you cannot dismiss the powerful alliance because they share a border, their neighbors, China and Russia. Well, yeah. Russia is very dependent and relying upon China, but them working in concert is a powerful um, I would say superpower force as they're emerging. And yes, that's, of course, one of the negative fallouts of our support of Ukraine and right. uh, Ukraine aid is we drove in the sanctions. I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm not sure economic sanctions against anyone ever work. Uh, so this was the unintended consequence, allegedly, you know, obviously the Russian alliance with China now. And I don't think they're going to I don't think the marriage will break up after long after Ukraine's forgotten. They found each other and they're going to they're there. They are a powerful alliance against the U.S. now. Yes, sir. And a powerful uh, website of which you're the, uh, you're, I just want to make sure I get the title right, because you know, I'm sure you've been promoted because of your recent work. You're the grand poobah of everything uh, about the Great Reset, of course, right? But you're the, the executive editor and chief correspondent for uh, Climate Depot. And on, uh, on your website, uh, there's an article that's published. It's titled Climate PSYOP, a peer review study, quote, addressing climate change with behavior science. This is a scientific paper uh, essentially addressing climate change with behavioral science, behavioral modification in uh, science advances. Is that correct? Yes, it is. This is a paper uh, that's looking at how uh, you can change behaviors and they're doing it. It's really, it's just, it's creepy stuff. This was in Science Advances, again, peer reviewed journal. They're looking at behavioral ways and intervention strategies to boost behaviors. They're looking for people to recycle. They want you to have household energy saving. They, everything's about communication aimed at reducing uh, the psychological distance uh, of the idea that I can't do anything about climate till you can. This is how you end up with things like 
uh, ha- I'm not making this up, hairdressers being trained by climate activists to bring up climate change while you're getting your hair cut, your hair dyed, a perm, and your hairdressers now trained to start talking to you and have a conversation uh, about how we need to recycle and we need to be worried about our carbon footprint. This is insane stuff. This is true psyop. When you're going out to the little minions, we'll call them minions in society, the little red guard or brown shirts, whatever phrase you want to use of fascism, and they're they're training these individuals out there to change people's behavior, to make people think along the terms of giving up stuff. And then this, of course, in this study, totally supports it, leading to things like the Washington Post writing an article saying. Uh, home gardens contribute to climate change and you're better off buying stuff at a supermarket better off going to enrich a corporation uh, and with all the trucking than it is to grow your own fruits and vegetables in your backyard it's also the same reason uh, they come out and they say human breath is a uh, a peer-reviewed study showing that human breath contributes to global warming. And the idea there, this is all part of a PSYOP. They want you to be aware that every time you breathe, exhale, every time you have a baby, there's another human breather. It's all designed to say you are a burden on the earth and you have to suffer, you have to give things up. This leads to another example of this study, which is what you'll see the behavioral science happening. The Washington Post has a feature or article this week with their climate solutions reporter. That's his actual title, the climate solutions reporter. How many kids, I bet a lot of them now, are growing up in journalism and want to be a climate solutions reporter. They are telling us that human hair has to be recycled because if it ends up in landfills, it's contributing to global warming. And the article starts out with making you aware that when you're sitting in a barber shop getting your hair cut and the other barber comes by with a big broom and sweeps up your hair, that's supposed to be causing your stomach to get a gut-wrenching moment. You're supposed to be behaviorally trained now to think, oh my gosh, we got to recycle that hair. We can make that into clothing. And that's what the article's saying. We don't want cotton because it requires land to grow. We don't want synthetic fiber because it requires oil. You don't want... Uh, any other kind of fabric, you want human hair recycled because that's the lowest carbon footprint. So, you know, I'm saying Elon Musk wants a carbon tax. Pretty soon we're going to have public school kids heading off to the local barber shop to pick up the floor sweepings of hair off the floor to offset carbon footprints and make sure it doesn't end up in landfill. This is a PSYOP of the highest level. Oh, Another yeah. example of what this study is promoting and pushing in Australian public schools, kids are given insect-based snacks now they're made of crickets but the snacks themselves are grown encased in oil fat they're fried so you don't actually see cricket parts but it's cricket flour ground in them the kids are told it's insects they eat it and then the adults and this is in the article in the australian corporate news outlet the kids are told to go home and pester their parents that they ate insects and there's nothing wrong with them and they want to eat more insects because it'll save the planet. So when you read about these articles in Science Advances Journal, uh, this is what they're promoting. This is what they're uh, leading to. And this is what's infiltrating the little tentacles in all aspects of our society. They're turning us unwittingly and, un- and we're unaware in every aspect 
that we are uh, we are a burden on the earth. We're destroying it. We need to be collecting our hair sweepings. We need to be eating insects. We need to be pestering people. Uh, and if we, it, it, it if, just keeps going on and on. And our human breath, we want it to be aware that our respiration is, is also damaging the planet. Crazy. If you listen to them, if you listen to them, you almost start to feel a little bit, you know, not guilty, but you're like, oh, my goodness, like, uh, for instance, a communitarianist, you know, how were they able to install bike paths and, you know, uh, you know, by asking the question and the way they form the question is in, in a fashion that nobody would ever say no to it. Like, you want to save the environment, don't you? Uh, who's going to say no to that? It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Like, nobody wants to destroy the environment. They say, oh, well, here's the solution. So they make you feel they guilt you into it. I was going to read. Can you read the final paragraph, or I can read it? I don't want to steal the thunder. I want you to read if you can, or I can read it if you don't have it. Which paper? Of the article, the final paragraph in that article. It's in a quote, comes directly from their paper. Are, are we talking about the, the PSYOP study? Are you talking yeah, about the, the PSYOP uh, study in that article on Climate Depot, right? Uh, I'm going to read the final. I just didn't want to steal the thunder here. Listen to this. This is their words written. Quote, effectively reducing climate change requires marked global behavior change. A growing body of research across the behavioral sciences has been investigating intervention strategies aimed at boosting sustainable intentions and behaviors such as recycling, public transportation use, and household energy saving. For instance, communications aimed at reducing the psychological distance of climate change by making it feel more geographically, socially, and temporally close were effective in increasing climate concerns and amplifying self-reported intentions to engage in mitigating behaviors such as reducing energy consumption. They're literally talking about how can we make sure that everybody, uh, there's a global push for the climate change agenda, but how can we make it seem like in your backyard, you must control, you know, the output of hair at the barbershop. Uh, right? I mean, how can we do that? They speak of a psychological military-styled operation to change your behavior to get you compliant with their agenda. Disgusting. And, and again, we saw that with COVID. What was the motivating and how was the, what was the psychological operation in COVID? Fear, fear, fear. And we saw this in the media when... You know, uh, they would show like the anomaly kid who may have cancer or some other major health risk, either die of COVID or be hospitalized with COVID as a way to scare all parents that even though kids had a lower death rate and lower risk rate from the from COVID than from the flu, which we've lived with all our lives, that they shouldn't be pestering you know, the schools to be reopened. They would find one example and they would institute that fear. And of course, that same thing is happening in the climate world as well. So this is the most effective thing every time. And I want to say this, you really see this kind of so spectacularly when it comes to war. Think back to 
the Gulf War with Saddam Hussein, with George H.W. Bush. Think back to the invasion of Iraq. I mean, the government would lie about anything. The weapons of mass destruction, whatever it takes. It's a campaign cause. Truth goes out the window. Proportionality goes out the window. Ethics goes out the window. Everything is designed as this is another reason. Everything that happens is further proof of the end result that they're seeking. And they will use every available weapon, including the psychological operations against people. Their old hat at it. And they used it with terrorism. They used it after 9-11. I don't know if you remember all the, you know, the Fox News alert, uh, you know, the, 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 the CNN alert. It would be the Homeland Security has issued a specific non-credible threat about shopping malls this weekend and then oh what are we supposed to do with that you know i mean these are just ways to keep everyone on edge that's the way they were able to pass the patriot act that's the way they were able to keep this 9-11 declaration still going today this is then probably you're hitting upon it uh, pete this is probably the number one thing we have to fight because that's why i believe challenging the narratives is the most important thing we can do it's, it's easy to say well that solution is nonsense but we can't accept the premise and yeah. that is what I think we need to do. And that's what I get really mostly disappointed with Republicans and leadership. Yeah. Other than Donald Trump, every Republican nominee has always accepted the climate premise. Trump was the only one who didn't. And you see what they've done to him. Now, uh, right now, you may not know this. We have a brand new show. It's been piloting for a couple of months. We're now featured on LFA TV on the front page of Rumble. It's blowing up. It's the top rated morning show. All right. And it's called Market Alter. It's focused on the the financials we yeah. played a clip the other day and i'm going to play this this is what i'm going to do is i'm going to take this particular clip right now uh, because you're the first person i thought about when i heard larry fink and these others repeatedly 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 referring back to the climate change thing and you know what i thought of uh chapter number nine and i want you I, i'm going to extract this part of the clip okay and number nine you are well documented in this book right here uh, chapter number nine. This is one of the greatest transfers of wealth in history. Uh, I want you to tell our listening audience and speak in opposition to what Larry Fink and these globalists say. That you've called it out that all of these billionaires stand to gain from the climate change agenda, correct? Absolutely. That's and they had they stand to gain. They gained from the COVID agenda, and of course they gained from the war agenda. But yes, this, the whole system is designed. All they do is come up with reasons why the rest of us can't be free, and why they need to be in charge, and why they need to be richer and in control of everything. And that's why they crush mom and pop because the mom and pop small business are the least likely to go along with this agenda so you eliminate them and that's what uh lockdowns and, and the regulations are designed to do is force the small companies can't afford the regulatory compliance so they end up going bankrupt the big companies gobble them up equity asset firms things like Mitt romney were for bain capital you know these uh they come in and buy up all these distressed assets and why are these companies mostly distressed because of the regulatory permission-based society that's destroyed uh particularly the, the the bootstrap capitalism that america used to be known for and and i call um outfits like mitt romney's bain capital vulture capitalists because, vulture because they'll capital, come in yeah. they come in when a corporation is desperate they have no money they're failed uh, rather than say you have a failed business i mean we're not going to franchise it they come in and what they do is they come in clean it up right and when it's on its deathbed buy them for pennies on the dollar pump them up to where they can resell them at a much much higher value and profit but ultimately it's over 
falsely inflating a business that shouldn't be in business to begin with because it's you know it's something you want it's like like a restaurant you don't franchise if it's got bad food service and all that stuff but they dump it and essentially they go bankrupt afterwards vulture capitalism to the type that Mitt Romney participated in is the worst type because they do that pump and dump thing right but yes and by the way after the covid lockdowns remember when we no one was going anywhere the planes were grounded and no one was traveling and the, you know all the, the natural gas fracking which had been a great example of you know, small wildcatters and, and property owners benefiting and all these smaller companies they all went under and think about that because what happened was the larger uh, fracking company ended up buying it up. So you had a huge consolidation of that. Right. And that was just another example. In addition to the, to the restaurants, everything becomes retail chains, corporatized, and the rich, uh, the big uh, giant corporations, of course, get get richest of all, whether That's it's right. social media. So this is what we have to be aware of. When you hear Bloomberg News say, because of climate compliance costs, cheap airlines will be a thing of the past, you need to pay attention because That's you're right. going to have airlines going bankrupt. You're going to have end up with a like probably three airlines all owned by the same company and in a declared climate emergency they'll be able to ground the flights by private businesses making this decision there's no government mandate the companies decided you know to to limit their travel to one week a month to reduce emissions in this cl declared climate emergency right. but the government's not doing it of course behind the scenes they're all colluding this is really scary and, okay. and i mentioned 200 medical journals right before uh, the u.n summit climate change to be rolled into the public health threat so this is you know we're okay. facing this and of course this you think about how the the equity asset and the black rocks all benefited from the covid lockdowns imagine the same thing being applied uh, to that's climate. what that's you what know, i was just going to ask travel, you. agriculture energy and they're just gutting gutting uh, small business. So that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, I see an intentional, if you cause the lockdowns with COVID, they did that first run and you could go to a Costco and of course, um, you know, be buzzing around if you got your mask or whatever, they would count you in and out. You could operate at a Walmart, at a Costco, at a big box, their yeah. favored big box. But the smaller businesses were shut down and didn't survive. So I saw that as a means to consolidate power and have all the money flow to their big box compliant yes. operations. So if we now take that to the next level, if you see them in the rinse and repeat model, they're getting ready for a climate styled lockdown, shut it down and consolidate power again, are they not? They are. And here's where the here's where the Here's where it's so insidious. Securities and Exchange Commission is now getting into this carbon reporting documents. And right now it's strictly voluntary. We just want to monitor the CO2 emissions. Al Gore announced at the last UN summit in 2022 in Egypt that I was at, announced an alliance with Google. Al Gore and Google are partnering up, Big Al is watching you, for Google satellites to monitor farms, businesses, uh, any kind of activity for CO2 emissions. So once you have to start reporting your CO2 emissions, then they can start assigning your carbon score, your ESG score, to things they had never previously been able to. And that's what's happening as we speak. And once they can do that, then you get the full Chinese social credit. Then you're gonna have companies that are going to be not be able to get loans because you know they're you know they're and they're not going to be able to self-report these co2 emissions they're going to have satellites monitoring them and this is where it gets really dark because you're going to have companies that 
you know, can literally be defunded by the state. You can have through ESG, through the corporate government collusion and banking. Look at what the bankers did to the Canadian truckers when they were declared domestic terrorists under the Canadian Emergencies Act, which, by the way, a Canadian court said Justin Trudeau had no legal authority to do that. And it was wrong and illegal, but it doesn't matter. They stopped the trucker revolt and the truckers had their insurance canceled on their trucks and they had access to their own money stopped. And we just saw recently with Nigel Farage, the former EU parliament member who had he was debanked by one of the largest banks in England. And we know he did a Freedom of Information Act to say, why did they cancel me? And in the documents, he found out because of his position on climate change, they wanted nothing to do with him and they stopped him from being able to do banking. Saw the same thing happen with Sean Flynn, the national security advisor. He was a, quote, reputational risk to Bank of America. Mm. Uh, and this is it's, it's happening. It's happening rapidly. The greatest thing we have fighting against it, Pete, are Republican attorney generals and Republican governors who are trying to stop this social credit slash ESG in its tracks. There's a lot of the governors are going against the central bank digital currency, which is a huge part of this as well. Oh, yeah. They're our greatest hope. The people who are the least hope are the House leaders, the Senate leaders of Republicans. I mean, they just don't seem sharp. A lot of individual members are great. Uh, I'm still, the verdict's kind of still out on this new House leader who replaced Kevin McCarthy, but I'm not impressed that much. Just as like Congress controls the purse strings. Well, guess what? Uh, they control the purse strings, but who controls the wallets? I believe that the great reject and the power in humanity Right. Remember, we did the revolt against Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light and took out, yes. you know, billions of dollars. I mean, they just because of that, we have the power. Do we not have the power to just like when we tune into uh, Jim Cramer on CNBC, do the opposite of everything he says that the if we do the opposite of everything that Larry Fink at BlackRock and all these globalists like Klaus Schwab and all those guys saying that we need to save the planet, if we do the opposite we will be much better off, won't we? Absolutely, we'll be much better off because they're leading us on the path to tyranny. We need to challenge everything they're doing. And again, our greatest hope is Republican governors, Republican attorney generals. They have a lot. They wield huge power. Uh, and I just wish we could get Washington straightened out. I'm hoping if Trump gets elected somehow, reelected, that a Trump second term will be a different Trump in terms of who he picks for his cabinet. Mm -hmm. And we need a president who fall, if he only he had followed his instincts in March of 2020 and not done the 10 days to flatten the curve, not done the COVID emergency declaration, which made every governor and mayor a dictator overnight with you know bypassing democracy. Yeah. Um, let's hope we get a different Donald Trump this time, someone who's just not gonna take it anymore. Uh, because the last, the moment of truth for to me with Trump was March of 2020, he he failed that test, and it was the most consequential, greatest single blunder of any president of our lifetime, Pete. I can't think of it. If you have one, let me know. If your listeners, viewers have one, one single action that had greater impact on America and society, that, that would be a decision, and it was Donald Trump's decision to go along uh, with the 10 days to flatten the, the curve slash and also at the same time or the same within the same yeah. week or so yeah. the COVID emergency declaration which made them I'm not I absolutely agree with you and I'm not going to give them a, a, a free pass okay but I'll tell you what uh, everyone has to think who would have ever thunk that around the president of the United States that they would surround him with so many people working in concert and opposition yeah. to all humanity. So I'm That's not gonna give him, but, but he's, the buck yeah. stops on his desk ultimately, right?
It does. But my point in bringing it up is he had the right instincts. Everything he was saying, he just allowed. It was that momentary, that moment. It was a key moment. But let's hope. But my right. point in bringing it up yeah. is not to, not to bash him. Let's hope he's learned and he comes in and he now knows. Like, how many times did he try to withdraw troops from Afghanistan? He basically ordered it. He tried to get a presidential climate commission, the first U.S. official government. He actually approved it. But guess who stopped it? Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow bragged to me in person at CPAC in Florida that he was the Trump administration official. After Trump approved it, we would have had the first anti-consensus report by about 20 top scientists, including Nobel Prize winners, including MIT and NASA, former NASA scientists. And Larry Kudlow, his economic advisor, brags that he stopped this from happening. And Donald Trump I know this from talking to the physicist, to uh, Will Happer. Donald Trump, after he approved it, like several months later, is like, what happened? I thought I approved that. And he's like, no, it's been stalled. And then they're like, well, it's so close to the election, we'll have to do it after re-election. And it never happened. So let's hope Donald Trump realizes that his instincts are phenomenal and you can't let anyone get in the way. That's why I kind of, I don't know if you can trust him, but the messaging and what he says is Vivek Ramaswamy. If he was legit, he would be a great advisor to President Trump. But, you know, there's so much in his background. I haven't had time to really investigate it, but I just supported Vivek because I knew he wasn't going to win, and I loved his messaging. And in the way he handled the corporate media, he was phenomenal. Yeah, I just have a problem with him developing the nanoparticles that were uh, put into the, the, you know, I mean, he, he can't detach himself from that. Right. So, but I know, think can- he's claiming you know, that he's been red-pilled, and that's not, he's not, he doesn't, he would not support these. I hope. More so, I don't know. That's I the hope. thing. Okay, sir, we're going to share more of your work with your permission uh, as you know information comes about we'll have you back on on a regular basis of course let everybody know how and we'll put all the links down below but tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and if you're on Newsmax an exciting thing Climate Hustle 2 is going to be rebroadcast is that correct? Saturday morning I believe it's uh, I don't know 6-7 a.m. right now and then they, they put it in the rotation so check the Newsmax TV schedule sometimes it's on in prime time it's on the afternoon it's Climate Hustle 2 with Kevin Sorbo and myself starring in it. And uh, you can reach me at, at Climate Depot on X or Twitter. My website's climatedepot.com. The book is The Great Reset. And I have a daily show on TNT Radio. Uh, look up Morano TNT. It's called Unleashed with Mark Morano. And I have a lot of fun on that show. So thank you so much. And one last announcement I am working on trying to get credentialed to access in Geneva, Switzerland, the World Health Organization meeting that will deal with the pandemic treaty in May of this year. So it'll be my first World Health Organization meeting. And I don't know that I can get access. I don't think I'm gonna go without the access. I don't wanna be stuck on the outside chasing people down sidewalks. Um, but if I can get in and credentialed like I can for UN, I think I'm gonna go. And I think that'll be reporting at ground zero of the merging of climate into a public health threat and how the WHO is trying to have Bill Gates funded scientists declare a, a global pandemic and then to uh, lead to global instant lockdown, stay-at-home orders, vaccine mandate. Oh. And the Biden administration, of course, is pushing the WHO to go even further than the WHO proposed. The Biden administration wants to give them all U.S. sovereignty. So this is a key moment in our history coming up in May of 2024. I agree. I, I, I agree. And I, I'm honored that, you know, when you do, if you do have time, that uh, you come on and inform our audience. And I appreciate you doing that. And, sir, as always, Great segment. Great segment. Thank Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very, very much. Mark Moreno. All right. I'm Alex Jones, and you're listening to With key ingredients supported by over 80 clinical trials. 
The exclusive formulation of the Bella Grace Elixir is changing lives everywhere. Ingesting collagen peptides alone is not very helpful. This is where most products fall short and where Bella Grace changes everything. Unlike other products, the Bella Grace Elixir controls the gene switches which activate collagen creation and disables the enzymes that break down the matrix. Bella Grace Elixir contains Verisol, the world's best and most clinically studied form of collagen. These elite collagen peptides influence the skin's collagen metabolism directly from the inside. Nature's most powerful antioxidant. 6,000 times more potent than vitamin C, Astereal Astaxanthin prevents the activation of gene switches that drive inflammation and activates the gene switch responsible for cellular repair and longevity, forming bridges across cell membranes, protecting them from free radical attack. Amazonian Cat's Claw suppresses the enzymes that degrade collagen and our skin matrix caused by oxidants and inflammation. It simply turns the switch off. The world's most studied collagen, plus activating the genes that make collagen, plus switching off the genes that break down collagen, has resulted in something the world has never experienced. The Bella Grace Elixir. Start your 30-day Bella Grace Challenge today.